Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. To the Starting Five podcast on SB Nation, Grizzly Red Blues. I am the one underscore P Shark, aka Mr. 500 Shark Steel. <laughs> oh man, I'm a underscore Scalito. I'm also always be closing today. If you've ever been in sales, the, the, they always tell you to always be closing. And for the most part, generally, the, the Grizzlies have done a pretty decent job of, of closing our games. And what's good, everyone? This is everyone's favorite corner man, Trev. Uh, turning up on Dylan Brooks Island to celebrate the Tigers from the NIT championship. Uh, so what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Jet. I mean, it's your boy, Shitty. Um, it's really Shitty on Twitter, man. Look out. I'm coming for Jaren's spot. What's going on, y'all? It's your man, Tev Shakir, holding it down for the middle paint. And as many of people that have screwed themselves over, no deal. So however they say, but however it goes. <laughs> nice deal to no deal reference there. Mm-hmm. No deal. Yep, no deals were made at all this week. But before we get there, let's talk about this other 500 two and two week the Grizzlies had. Um, of course, we started off beating Boston. Luckily, Jason Tatum did not play, and they still took us to overtime. Um Closing the deal, like Scott said, we had trouble closing, but then we finally closed the overtime. So, salute to them for pulling it off in OT. OKC, they took a nap in the first half once again. Um, mm-hmm. Almost got caught slipping again, and this time SGA wasn't even there. So, Job was chilling again for no reason this time. But came out of the second half. Uh, after falling down by 12, came back, took care of business like they were supposed to. Then back-to-back Utahs, which were expected losses, but the first one, Ballot back, we're down by like 21, came back. Um, lost in the end, Dylan Brooks did almost make that uh fadeaway shot. I had no problems with it. And specifically because the referees helped us out because that ball was out on us. Uh, Utah should have the ball. But uh, <laughs> Utah came, we tried to favor and blew us out the next night, and they're like on the 18-game home winning streak. So, hey, no problems there. So, two and two, what are y'all thoughts about this week? Yeah, I think uh, th- this week was basically what you what your name is, Sharky, Mister Mister Five Hundred. Um, I think what uh, the reason my name was always be closing is because you saw in the Boston game and the OKC game, which I don't care who's on the floor and who's not on the floor, the Grizzlies are closing some of these games, and that's an issue that they had at the beginning of the season. So 
Um, I'm hopeful for that. Um, I think they've seen they've played with a great deal of confidence over the past couple of games. I, we did expect the Utah losses, but again, one of them was really close, and they almost came back from a huge deficit. So um, solid uh, four game stretch here. We'll see how the next couple of games go, but I do like that they were closing out some of these games recently. Yeah, as, you, as your name I always say, I always be closing. So uh, a lot of these games earlier in the season that Memphis found themselves in, especially with the one this week with Boston OKC, you pretty much chalk up is almost a loss because Memphis, for some reason, just has an inability to close these games. But um, if I recall, I did have them losing to Boston um, last week. Um, so kudos to them for finally up uh, for pulling that out um, on that one. Oklahoma City, of course, they fell asleep once again. Uh, apparently. Lou Dort was getting to jaw a little bit, but uh, apparently the rest of the squad was able to turn it up and eventually um, get come out with a W there. I was hoping they would split that Utah series, uh, that, that home and home, that uh, home and home against Utah. Uh, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Uh, but all around, just a great weekend, just right on pace with Mister Five Hundred. Yeah, the thing about this week for me was um, I actually called them doing, going three and one. And so we were close to getting there if we were to close out uh, at least that first game with the Jazz. But I think the thing that I really liked about this past week was we streaked. We won three games straight. Um, yes, we've lost two, but at least we've won three in a row um, as well. And that's one thing, as Mr. 500 would tell us, um, I, 500 is great, but if you can be better than 500, let's do that. And let's put together games um, to prove that we are better than just 500. Um, and so I look for, I know we'll talk about this in upcoming week, but uh, two and two, not bad. Again, you're losing to considerably the best team in basketball right now um, with the Jazz. Um, so you're okay with that. You're really glad that they close out again. Uh, great segue for closing with the Celtics and uh, really the Thunder as well. Right. Um, so I, of course, had us coming into this week uh, or to this podcast, rather, coming into a three game losing streak. Um, it's a two game losing streak. So I take it. Um, I had us going one and three with us um, thinking we lose against actually the Thunder. Um, so let's take the game to Boston. Uh, kind of felt that we, we we carried that momentum from the Warriors game. Right. Um, and to, you know, finally getting the win against Boston. Um, shout out to John Morant. Uh, who all this week, man, was at the top, near the top uh, of, of shot attempts, right? You know, that's what I've asked for. Definitely led the team in assists. But that's also what I've been wanting, like, you know, number one, number two in, in shot attempts. And he was dead for this week. Um, so big kudos to him. Um, as far as the OKC game goes, I remember watching that at halftime and, you know, thinking, oh, coming into halftime when they were down like 10, 12. And I tweeted like, yo, energy and discipline. Like, that is how y'all are supposed to win for the rest of the season. And I don't know what it was, but it's like as soon as I tweeted that, they it's some click. So you're welcome. Um, as far as the Utah games go, 18-game uh, win streak, like y'all said, at the at the crib. Um, they're number one in the West for a reason. So uh, the first game was close to us, could have won, but we didn't. Of course, uh, he say, she say, we could have won, should have, could have, would have. Um, but then Utah came back and showed us, hey, we are the number one team in the West for a reason, which, you know, they were supposed to do to a young grid. So, uh, Mr. 500, you dead on right again. Um, you know, we got Utah again coming up, so I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to get into all that. But 500, I, I, I'll take it. I'll definitely take it. Yeah, you, and then let's be honest, you can't ask the Grizz to basically duplicate 
what they did on Friday on Saturday. Like they exerted a lot right. of energy right. in that twenty-one point comeback to even make this game close. And then for that's a tall task for them to have to get up and actually do it again the very next day against the exact same team. So right. uh, that last one on Saturday, that was pretty much expected. Yeah, I was surprised nobody risked it for that game because uh, you're playing high altitude. Yeah. You gave all your for Friday night. You, I wouldn't mind doing. I wouldn't got mad at the rest. Well, y'all got on them earlier this season about resting. So why would they rest? Because all these back to backs they got coming up, and they are deep <laughs> enough now. When they rested earlier, they did. I don't know why they were doing it. Yeah, they, they didn't have much in the depth in the depth chart there. But now that they got majority of everyone back, they can start resting. So <laughs> right. It's speaking of almost everyone being back. Triple J, news came out. Zach Kleiman had his presser and said he would be back by the end of April. So take with that what you will. Y'all want to speak on it? Or we can move on. Honestly, I saw the news and kept scrolling. I'm kind of like, I mean, I'm, I'm at the point where, I mean, the Grizzlies are, if, 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 if Triple J is coming, he's coming. If he's not, then then we'll keep moving. Like, I, I honestly don't care. I believe it when uh, I see it. All I got to say is if this is happening, that means Memphis is be- better be in the play-in. Because if they're not in the play-in, then I don't expect to see them this season. And I'm staying staying by their point. So so can I ask you something in, in full transparency? When an injury like this happens, right, and he was scheduled to come back when? January? Yep. Yep. Would I be feeding too much into it and say maybe something went wrong in, in, in the surgery? I don't, I mean, am I pushing? Am I reaching? I don't think you're reaching that somewhere wrong with the surgery. Um, I think that sometimes we try to, and not we, but like people try to like, if, if this person is supposed to be out like two to four months, right? Mm-hmm. We're always go to the two months as opposed to the four months, right? We want to go to the shortest term possible to get that person, whether it's back playing football or basketball, whatever it may be that, that natu- the nature of the sport. And so I think sometimes we just try to like, oh, well, this person did it so quick. And we know Triple J is going to do it just as fast, if not faster. And you might rush the process. Everyone's body's different. That young man is still, what, 21, 22? His body is still growing. Yeah. Um, so who knows, you know, what really happened? Um, but at this point, listen, we're into March. It might as well be April next time we sneeze. Let that man just rest, and we'll, we'll run it back with him next season. Yeah, the Grizzlies, uh, they didn't do a good job of just kind of – this is the first true news they gave about him. Really, because even in the January news, he gave that in an interview with uh Mark Mark Spears, I want to say, for the MLK Day thing. He said he'd be back at the end of January. So, I mean, the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies could nip this out in the bud and say at the beginning of the season, he won't be back to the end of April. I mean, I'm pretty, I mean, I'm to play sure. devil's advocate here, though, just a little bit, I'm pretty sure they've been monitoring like his progress, if you will, uh, throughout mm-hmm. this whole entire season. So I guess they didn't really want to rush, try to rush him back too soon um, to the point to where he re-injures himself. Like, like we all just said, like he's 21, his body's still uh, developing. If I'm not mistaken, prior to this, uh, prior to the season starting, didn't they say he grew a few inches? Yeah. So, you know, that's yeah. an adjustment there. So, of course, as far as like workout, practicing, and all of that stuff, like his – new body as he's growing has to adjust to that. So that could be a reason why it was kind of hard to gauge a little bit um, with 3J. But again, I don't expect to see him this season. If he's out there, he's out there. But I just say just let him 
let them sit, and as she said, we'll run it back with them next season. So, yep, yep. So, um, let's get back to the current players who are playing. We missed it last week on our start of the week. So, who's your start of the week of this week? Um, I'll go first. I'll go real quick. Um, for me, it's John Morant. Um, I think. Uh, I think it was you that just mentioned too. I think the consistency, and you think you still see the the pressure that John Moran is putting on the defenses of, over the past couple of games, really since he got that tech right. So I think um, I'm I'm glad to still see that he has that fire, except when he plays OKC, uh, that fire to to really just kind of stop the next the other team. So um, John Moran for me is the is the Grizz of the league. Getting them dividends, man. Getting them dividends. My star of the week is none other than Dylan Brooks. Um, granted, he got cooked uh, last night by Donovan Mitchell. Not going to uh, dispute that. Uh, but just his energy, his willingness to just do whatever it takes to get the Grizzlies going over this past week. Is why the Grizzlies are, you know, where they are, where they are with this 500. I think probably two of probably the best games that he's played since he's gotten to Memphis in the games against Boston and OKC, which resulted in wins. And he was at the forefront of leading this Grizzlies comeback from 21 down against Utah. Granted, we didn't uh, come up with the W, but Saturday, Friday looks like Saturday if Dylan Brooks doesn't do what he does on Friday night. Uh, so my start of the week would definitely be Dylan Brooks. So dividends keep on coming in, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Dylan Brooks, man. I, I definitely uh, would give him the Grizz of the week as well. Um, not even just with, like you said, the Utah game. and Not only many times do we highlight someone in a loss, right? But Dylan Brooks really – was the reason why the scoreboard looked the way it did. I mean, he wasn't afraid to take that three. He wasn't afraid to take back-to-back threes, to be honest, even though he missed the second one. When is he over? Well, but that second one, that second one actually had a good rotation on it. It just didn't go down all the way. Um, and so give me Dylan Brooks. And and in the spirit of the trades, in the spirit of trade talking, the spirit of me being like always off level with the Grizz of the Week. Also give me Mike Conley as the Grizz of the Week. Mike Conley, because of that trade for Mike Conley, created everything that we have going for Memphis right now. So in the spirit of that we just missed the trade deadline, Mike Conley as well as the Grizz of the Week. I like that. I like that. Um, so this would normally be a time when I give, you know, JV his normal dues, you know, 19 boards. 15 boards, 18 boards. We ain't going to talk about the last game. Um, so I would give JV his roses. But I'm actually going to go a different route. I'm also going to go to the, the, <laughs> the player who I'm still excited to see starting. That is Mr. Grayson Allen himself. Um, energy, defense, effort, which is why I love the fact that he's in the starting lineup. But he is lighting up from the three as well. Now, we go back to the Boston game, three threes, four threes against OKC, uh, five threes against the, the Utah game. Like, Star Grayson Allen is my hashtag for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. Start him. Now, rather Dylan start next to him, hey, he's doing his thing. This is cool and whatnot. But I'm going to forever be on the Star Grayson Allen uh, <laughs> bandwagon until he tells me otherwise. So, uh, start of the week is definitely Grayson Allen. Yep. Sorry, Chris fam. We're on the Grayson train over the Anthony Melton train. So, Absolutely. come at us. At us. 
we don't care. We want to smoke. <laughs> but uh, give me a dinner. Hey, that's no problem. I like Anthony Melton, but I, I get tired of people arguing over your six to seven best players. Man, right. it just it's a sports argument, man. Both of them are good. Play on both, God dog. But give me uh Dylan Brooks, man. Those three games in a row from OKC, uh, with Boston, OKC, and uh Utah. Um, his energy, his presence actually was felt in a positive way. Um, pretty much overall this season, like I said, he's shown his improvements. And I actually do see like it kind of makes you like just think of how we was feeling about Dylan Brooks in August and think about how we feel about him now. It is clear like night and day. Now it we is. don't love him. I've, we don't I've, love him. <laughs> I've turned from probably the biggest Dylan Brooks uh criticizer because I came out when we started and said trade Dylan Brooks, and now I'm one of his biggest supporters. Literally night and day. So right. So kind of problems with him, man. Good week for him. But that's my Christmas week. Although JV almost had me with all them rebounds. Man, that's that was some rebounding number clinic he to put on this. Man is cleaning the glass. 19, 15, 18. He even had 11 last night. So, you know, yeah. Windex. Can't beat that. Now, let's go to our next segment. Trade talk. No deal happened. And, of course, Jane got waived. So, anybody got anything? Think we should have made a deal for anybody? Exactly. It went exactly how I said it was going to be last week. They're going to try to find a partner for Gorgie. If they don't find anyone, he's probably going to be waived. So, yeah, I mean, I think at the beginning of the season, of course, we would have loved to see uh, we had that talk of Zach Levine or, or Beal on Beal, right? Um, but at this point, the, both of those teams are not looking to be in the playoffs. We are in. Um, and so, yes, that that would be a piece that we would love to have. But, again, we talked about this last year. Run it back. We're running it back uh, now. So, mm-mm. I like the fact that we stayed fat. Um, coming to the season, I said, like, let's see what we got. We're going all in with that method. Let's just see what we got. And we're seeing it. Like I said, we're 500 team, which I'll take. You know, we're still pretty young, but we, we got it. Um, salute to Gorgie. I think he signed with the, the Spurs, who's also making a playoff push as well. So uh, good luck to him. Cool, cool. So I feel like you be here. And host of the Three and D podcast, Justin Lewis came out with the uh, NBA keeper rankings for a uh, blog post this past week, and to our very own Mr. Trail and Tail Shakir participating in the keeper rankings. And I'm about to share my screen now. Here we go, Trail and Tail. It rhymes too. That's what's up. It rhymes. Uh, <laughs> 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 I have y'all explain. Y'all thought so. The GBB ranking was BC. Brandon Clark is number one. And both of y'all had Brandon Clark at number one. After that, it's a whole bunch of um, clutterness. So um, <laughs> both of y'all did agree with JP at number two, which GBB disagreed as a total. He's tied for six on the whole totality list. I don't know who all, how, how many people participated, but um, y'all started to differ at three. So Trev had Dylan, which two. Tell if you had him down in nine. I mean, did you, on, expect, did you expect something less? <laughs> <laughs> I'll let him go first. I'll let him go first on why. 
All right, so as far as Dylan Briscoe, I feel like uh, so I had Grayson Allen at four, uh, D-Mail at five, um, Taz Jones at seven. I had those there for a reason because I feel like as building blocks, those are better players going forward for the Grizz. And what I mean by that is most championship teams, they have a system. They know what works for them. They get you going. Miscellaneous players that jack up shots for the most part for their own entertainment or benefit or whatnot, they eventually don't win championships. So I don't think that Dylan Brooks, as good as he's been, uh, very recent, of course, I don't think he's somebody that you can build a team around, especially when you can upgrade that two position. So I think going forward, I would rather see Grayson and, and Tyus on the team. You know, Tyus backing up John Morant. Grayson hopefully still starring, but if not, it's because it's an upgrade at the two position for the Grizz other than the Dylan Brooks. So that, that's my take on that one. For me, every team needs a spark plug. Every single team. Everybody needs that guy who's going to give his all for the team. His play may look shaky, may look bad if you look at a box score, look at a stat sheet. But if you watch the game and you just watch it throughout, you see just his presence on the floor. Whether it's defending, whether it's albeit creating a shot for himself, sometimes to our dis uh, to our dislike, and you just can you can just sense it, like Dylan hitting a big shot or just making a shot when there with the shot clock winding down, where there's no way uh, the Grizzlies are gonna get something off clean, and then just the willingness to sit down in the stands and willing to go out and at least attempt to defend the other team's best player, like it becomes infectious. And then if it actually pays off and he's able to contain that guy, as we saw a couple of times with, uh, with them matching up against the wizards, it, it becomes infectious to the rest of the team. And it plays into how this uh, team operates. If I'm not mistaken, our very own at core four basically dubbed Dylan, the new grandson. So if we're trying to do grit and grind 2.0, and I'm not calling, I'm not saying that he's exactly like TA, but if we're gonna have yeah. our own inclination of Tony Allen, Dylan Brooks is that guy. So, so let, 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 I know because I know I know we got to go on. We can definitely continue this later, but I disagree. I disagree with him being the quote unquote grandfather for for one. I think is disrespectful to Tony Allen. Um, but I'll let but as far as as far as everything you just said about Dylan Brooks, I think that's I think the Grizz finding a better player to take those shots, a better spark. I mean, what's a better spark plug than John Morant, right? And for three, find me a player like Dylan Brooks that's won a championship over the last few years. That's my thing. My my thing um, is winning a championship. That's what Smith. I want ultimately. J.R. Smith. Like J.R. Smith. J. I mean, he got LeBron. <laughs> he do. But he, he did. You said names on one, though. You said names on one. J.R. Smith. All right. <laughs> sure. I mean, we asked two, Dylan. actually. Yeah, I mean, you we put LeBron two. on the Grizz and give me 100 J.R. Smiths, they still. <laughs> I just said, you, you can put Dylan with LeBron, and you still win. You put Dylan with LeBron, you pretty much going to get the same result in that J.R. Smith role. So. 
And they barely won one, but whatever. You got it. You got it. You got it. Yeah. And then, like, the reason the reason I had Grayson as low as 10 is, is more so of how he's been playing this season. Like, he's kind of been kind of been streaky uh, as far as when he's been in and out of the lineup. Um, some days he shoots the ball well. Some days he doesn't shoot it well. Um, of course, D-Meld and uh, Bain, of course, in the times that they got with Grayson being out with that concussion, um, has shown a little bit more promise than Grayson. Um, and then everyone else that I had above him is just based on position need. Like, definitely going to need a big. And then Justice is – I was debating between Justice and Grayson because I'm not sure – what justice is going to look like down the road if we decide to bring him back. So uh, that was probably my only reason. But with Grayson being as low as he is, I just think he had a chance to be up on the list. Uh, but I just think those other nine just plays just a little bit more, has a tad bit of uh, more importance there. And two cannon four. So we know his love for Grayson. So I don't know we got to dive more to that. But Based on these two that y'all pretty much, I think everybody else y'all kind of consistent on. Um, yeah. GBP yeah. lean more towards Trey up on Dylan. They had them as four as a totality. And with Grayson, they lean more towards Trey up as well. Yep. <laughs> had them exactly at 10. Uh, so, the reason Gorgie's not on my list because I said that he would be officially past this weekend for those wondering. Right. Which I was surprised they still kind of had him on there. Um, yeah. But he was still on the roster at the time this blog was written literally the day before the draft. So, um, two more things I want to say the difference between y'all list that y'all kind of agreed on, GBP disagreed with is a totality of combining everybody's rankings. Y'all had JB at two, they had him tied for six with Kyle Anderson, and they have Justice's fifth, and y'all have him at 19, Trev have him at nine, and Tail has him at 10. So, y'all got any thoughts on? Disagreeing GPB fan. I don't see how a center that's giving you 15 boards a game can be so far down the list. He does literally everything that Marcus Gasol did. Maybe not passes better. Okay, cool. We give you that. But still, 15 boards and can hit the three. But y'all want to trade him? Just give him away. Just give him away. Just give him away. Yeah, I was thinking I was pretty much the same thing. A guy that gives you basically 15 and 15 every single night. And the front office has been on paper numerous times has saying that, hey, Jaron Jackson Jr. is gonna be playing the four, which of course inevitably I think he's better off at the five. All you just need to do is work on your rebounding. But for the time being, if you're gonna have three J at four, you're gonna have need somebody like uh Jonas Valanciunas who can get you 15 to 15 uh, on a nightly basis to help to help mask up 3J's uh, rebounding woes. Um, So for the way the Grizzlies want to play, yeah, JV is pretty much important there. So I – The reason Zebo was successful is because of Mark. The reason it was successful is because of Zebo. It's going to be literally the exact same thing. Maybe better. We'll see. Literally. Uh, I – that's where we disagree because I think in if they really is gonna realize that they're better off playing three J at the five, and then that's when everything's gonna take off. But at least we agree here. So <laughs> and JV is yeah, right. I had I had a quick one. Um, I think 
One thing that I'm noticing in between all three lists is with somebody that I think just should be moved a little bit higher, maybe close to top five, because we've seen his importance, is Tyus Jones. If you saw when what the Grizzlies looked like before, before we got to the bubble and what they looked like in the bubble, and you saw that this second unit was lacking something, they were lacking direction, that was Tyus Jones. And so, I mean, I see on GBB's list, he's nine. I think Travis, he's seven. Uh, and and Tever and, and Tukes is seven too, but low key you can make a you can make a case for him being top five because a lot of teams have, you need the second you need the second guy to, to be able to run the offense. Yeah, and for me, I had a huge problem from my five to seven. Like man, same here. You're right, same here. Between between Bain, Melton, and Tyus, it, it it was it was uh it was tough. But I, I definitely was not going to keep uh, Tyus. Definitely wouldn't have put him at nine. But uh, I just felt that nah. the way Anthony Melton has been playing um, as of late was a little bit more important than Desmond Bain, who's finally we have a shooter um, for the most part, someone who can help space the floor for the Grizz. I think those two were just a little bit more important than Tyus. But – you could really make a case for either of those three for any one of those spots between five and seven. Easily. Right. And watch out for Tillman. Tillman, I got Tillman at six. Um, I think I think when we talk about Jaren at, at the five, which I can see, I think Tillman will eventually be a five, you know, back up five going forward, especially with his body and his skill set. You know, uh, he's pretty much going to be like a player we're about to talk about in, in just a second. Um, but I like his skill set, especially for a rookie. Um I, I, I like I like him a lot, but Tyus is a backup point guard for Jays. I love it. I love that. Yeah. Good job, fellas. Uh, salute to Justin Lewis for this uh, blog post and just keep it rolling. But now it's time for a break. All right. So we're back. And this time we're going to change to a new segment or a different segment. We had the segment four. Trash talk. And if you were sleeping on the rock this week, you saw our fellow grandfather, which took as you mentioned earlier, Tony Allen, got into a little squabble with his homeboy, uh, and Took's uh boy, Draymond. Green. Man, you know what I'm saying? He helped win a couple championships. It is what it is. Let me start with what happened. So sports center posted a post of Draymond saying, I think quotes. I think I'm the best defender to ever play in the NBA. I stand by that, that I put myself up against anyone. So, T.A. comes in and says, Big Cal, who stamped you? Who you clamp? In the words of Jay-Z, we don't believe you. You need more people. And he did come on Chris Vernon. He did say he was listening to Jay Z that day. So <laughs> that's how that came to his mind. Shout out to Jay. Shout out to Tony for listening to Take Off. Then Draymond responded. Of course, Draymond is going to respond. He actually tagged Draymond in this post because Sports Center posted what Draymond said. So TA tagged Draymond. Draymond responded, I was waiting on you to stamp me, big homie, but your stamp book started running low in 2015 when we used you against your team on my way on the way to my first championship. I mean, it's true. They put Andrew Bogan, but Tony Allen did have a hamstring injury as well that was hindering him from moving like he was supposed to be moving. And this is a conversation about defense. That's offense. 
They, they, they use offenses and defense, but I mean, you know. <laughs> but talking about the only thing hindering him is that damn jump shot that was hindering him, but that's neither yeah, was. But he still could draw past both with the hamstring. The hamstring was healthy, though. Yes, yeah. But uh, of course, Tony Allen, he won't go on it. He won't go on for that. Like your stamp book now? Because it's four and five out there right now, my boy. Hashtag Kyle Clay. Wow, <laughs> 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 Tony. That, that, that hashtag was, was the ice on the cake. I love it. <laughs> How y'all feel about this? I started oh. off. I, I I couldn't do nothing much, nothing but laugh at, at this because this is hilarious. Um, Tony Allen explained it. I believe the very next day on a Chris Burnett show, basically saying he's getting paid to guard the other team's best player the last couple of minutes of the game. Draymond Green, of course, while a decent defender in his own right, it's not known for actually locking up somebody. Uh, if you don't believe me, look no further than the 2015. I want to say, actually, yeah, the 2015, the year you won a championship, look no further than the 2015 playoffs when you was getting cooked by Anthony Davis for New Orleans when there was nobody but just Anthony Davis. So, um, yeah, it is what it is there. But um, I, I lean 100% towards the grandfather on this one. This is hilarious, though. I, I, can't, I couldn't do nothing but laugh. I enjoyed it. It's fine. And, and by the way, Tony, Tony Allen wasn't trying to say he was the best ever defender as well. He was just saying Straymond is not. And he was yeah, saying, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, when you get when you get a stamp of approval from Kobe, Jamal Crawford, and KD, three of probably the best scorers in NBA history, you got some you got some stripes right there. So there you go. Yeah, for me, I I, I love the hashtag. The hashtag was that was it for me. The, the hashtag called Clay was that's that's that that's <laughs> that's a shot to the team. I don't know Draymond can keep back up after that one. Um, but I'm I'm with Tony Allen on this one. I mean, I think from from what I've seen, from what other people have said, like Trevor just said, that Tony Allen is one of the most lockdown defenders that this game has seen. Um, Draymond in his own right is a really he's he's more something known as, as a help defender. Um, like Trevor just said, Anthony Davis has cooked you plenty. And I do mean plenty of times. And so, and then also in this day and age, there's not that many bigs in the league as they probably used to be. So, um, Tony Allen is the grandfather. He's one of the best known defenders I've ever seen. Um, Draymond is not even the best big defender that I've ever seen. Um, I think of people, um, I know Shannon Sharp had tweeted a few of these already. Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman shut down Carl Malone um, in the playoffs and kept him from a ring. Um, and was very instrumental in like getting in your head um, and really one-on-one defense was locking you up. There was no help defense back then. And even Hakeem Olajuwon, um, who is the leader in shot blocks at the time uh, upon his retirement. Um, and so you're not even the best in big man defender, um, let alone best defender. Um, and to our point, Tony Allen was not saying he's the greatest, right? Uh, but Tony Allen is definitely in the category and is great to because outside of Memphis, people know who Tony Allen is um, because of that great defense and what the culture that he brought to Memphis to play that style of defense. Um, however, Draymond, I mean, you had to play some type of role on, on a championship team. I'm not discrediting that at all. I mean, even Harrison Barnes played a role, um, right? Um, and so 
I'm not discrediting Draymond or any accolades that he has. I just need to tell him you're not the best big defender I know either. So first things first, Tony Allen to me is the best defender in NBA history. Um, like y'all said, Kobe said it, KD said it, uh, Jamal Crawford said it, T-Mac said it, like just a bunch of great scores in the NBA said they hated going against Tony Allen, right? And to me, when you have those level of players saying that, <laughs> we, we gonna take it for that word. But as the Warriors bandwagons fan that I am, I didn't like the pure disrespect that I was seeing on Twitter for Draymond saying that because I did see Draymond Green anchor that defense as a center, you know, through their championship run. Not to mention Steph Curry, who's honestly one of the worst defenders in the league. You got him on the court. You hiding him in the corner. So, of course, Draymond got to play help defense. Everybody's scoring on Steph. You got Clay doing his thing, locking down. Harrison Barnes, he all right. He got a big body whatnot. He know how to move. But when you think about the Warriors' run, they were historic on offense, but they were also number one in defense. And it's because of Draymond Green being in the middle doing what he do. So I'm not saying he's a top 20 defender, but I'm saying he should be respected. And if he feels like he's the best defender, being able to guard a point guard or center, Draymond got a big mouth anyway, so let him add fuel to his fire. So, I mean, that, that's how I felt about the whole thing. But let's not call Draymond a terrible defender on Twitter, y'all. Let's not say he was worthless. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. he He's a 6'7 center on the championship winning team. Like, come on, man. I mean, yeah, he, he does have a deep point for, for Christ's sake. So, I, I get you. <laughs> don't, don't, don't listen to the trolls. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but still, I mean, it, it's hard because, like, like I said, I love the Grizz. I love watching the Warriors play. When st people say stupid stuff, it's kind of hard to keep ignoring the stupidity. Sometimes you do have to respond. So this is me responding to it. I didn't respond on Twitter. This is me responding to it like the bigger man I'm supposed to be. Thank you to <laughs> Grizzly Bear Blues for allowing me to have this platform to be able to do such things. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. And also, don't forget about, uh, I know Memphis, we don't like them, but don't forget about Eagle Dollar on that, uh, that Warriors team. Right. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Draymond. I think Tony. I agree. I'm with Tony on it. As in Tony Allen's main thing was let other people say that, and I think that's why he's like, "Who stamped you?" I'm that's with why he, I'm with he's that. had Kobe, he's had KD, he's had Jamal Crawford say this. Don't you ain't got to say you were the best defender to have somebody else say that, and nobody said that about him yet. Good point. Good point. Or, good point. I don't know if they will after this comment, but <laughs> right, good point, bro. Good point. Right, yep. So that was a good fun segment. So let's go on and end it off with our typical weekly preview or predictions. So upcoming week, we are now 21-22. We were above 500 for a second. Now we're back below 500. We got at the Houston Rockets who, yeah, they just lost a game. They were up by 16 points with seven minutes left and allowed Minnesota to go on a 22-0 run to win the game by six. Wild things. And it is after beating Toronto to break the 21-game uh, loser streak. That's just sad. So, I'll say that should be a must-win, but let me finish out the schedule at Houston versus Utah. Uh, get them at home this time, not at their 18-game winning streak, high-altitude place. We get them here in the M, and we play Minnesota Friday, and we play at Philly next Sunday, which we'll probably record before the episode, but I mean, we'll probably record before that game, but 
we'll still include in here. So, what's your record over these next four games? I'm going three and one. I'm going with a win against Houston. I'm going with, again, a win against Utah. I'm going with a win against Minnesota, and they lose the Philly game. Book it. I'm actually going three and one as well. Uh, I say they lose the game against Utah, but they win at Philly. Uh, I'm a man. Here we go. I want three and one. My heart says three and one. My my head says two and two. Um, and my two losses are the the Jazz, the two teams that are significantly better stat wise. Um, or the Jazz and the 76ers. But in order for us to actually start making statements, because we're sitting around that 7 to 10 range, let's say we're in the ninth seed or 10th seed. We want to beat a team twice um, before they beat us once, right? And so at some point, we got to knock the Jazz in the mouth. Um, and so give me three and one. Give me uh give me two and two. I'm a five hundred. Uh give me a win with the Rockets and a win against Minnesota. Uh I think we're gonna lose against Utah again. And I think that Philly uh is gonna beat us as well. <laughs> I think when you when you we talk about Philly, even though they're missing Joel and B, they are like Doc Rivers are doing a good he's doing a good job with that team as far as like discipline goes. So Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris is going to probably put 30 points on us. Whoever's guarding him, good luck with that. Um, or maybe Seth Curry may put up 30. Who knows? But uh, give me a loss against Philly. So give me two and two. I want so bad to say three and one. But y'all know me. Mr. 500 Shark still. 500. Two and two. Right. Don't ask me which two games, which two games they're going to win, which two they're going to lose. Two and two. <laughs> they 500. This is who we are, CD. We're going to be in the 8, 9, 10, or whatever range. And we're gonna be 36 and 36. <laughs> Unfortunately, exactly. I hear you. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that was good, fun episode, man. Remember, follow us on Twitter at starting five to number five MEM. Follow Gristy Bear Blues at SBN Gristies and listen to the other podcasts on the network, 3ND Podcast, the Core Four Podcast, and GBB Live. And remember to follow me at the one underscore P Shark. I'm at underscore Scott later on Twitter. Again, the Grizzlies will be closing this week. Three and one, book it. And yes, this is the Chief of Staff reporting live from Dylan Brooks Island. I'm at the Auto Trevor. The first letter of each word is capitalized except of because it is a preposition. Um, man, give me the three and one streaklies. Uh, not the Grizzlies, but the streaklies. Um, and this really shady on Twitter. Yes, make sure y'all follow me at Tab Shakira. And when things get wrong, just scream, no deal. Deal or no deal. And this guy should change his name to always be booking instead of always be closing. He keeps saying book it. <laughs> but till next time, fam. Remember, it's to us every Monday. Till next time, go Grizz. Go Grizz.